This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. It starts quietly at first, a sound on the very edge of your hearing. Soft, so soft that you second-guess yourself, wondering whether you really heard. Then it comes again, louder, closer, and more frequently. What could it mean? What could make such a chilling sound? Good evening, you bold and courageous listeners. We do not wish to tarry long. Summer is here, and the nights have become shorter. While we have the cloak of evening around us, we want to ensure that we carry out our noble work away from the prying light of day. And so, without further ado, we want to present you with tonight's play. Knock, knock. Who is there? If there is a punchline, it remains unknown to the poor soul in our story. Driven to the brink, and without other places to turn, he seeks professional help to cure him of his ills. Or at the very least, to find meaning in the strange events that have haunted him since his youth. So, how does this work? Well, you tell me whatever you want to share. Anything at all. There doesn't have to be structure to it, and this is your first visit. I may ask you some questions if it helps get a conversation going, but there's no pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's fine. Have you been to a therapist before? No. And it kind of surprises me with what I've been through. Are you nervous? A little. It's okay to be nervous. You can take your time. No, it's... I'm just worried. My problem goes back a long ways, and it's going to sound... (laughs) Well, it's going to sound nuts. It's not my place to judge. I'm here to listen and advise. If I may, why don't you start at the beginning? That way I might be able to understand where your trouble stems from. Actually, yeah... That'll work. (sighs) Okay. Can I get you anything? A glass of water, or... No, thanks. I'm good. I think it's better I just get it off my chest. But you have to promise not to make an assessment until I finish. Okay? Of course. Carry on. Okay. So, the problem started when I was six years old. I was in school, it was the middle of a reading lesson, and I needed to pee. Badly. At that age, actually, a fair few kids still wet themselves, and I always got paranoid about embarrassing myself in public like that. I stuck my hand up and told Mrs. Zebby that I really needed to use the bathroom. After the usual speech about how I should have gone at break, she gave me the key to the disabled access toilet as it was the closest one to my classroom. 
It was the middle of fifth period, and the corridors were empty and seemed cavernous to me. I was a short, scrawny thing back then. I sometimes had trouble with doors, especially unlocking them, and I fumbled for a good minute or two in trying to get the blasted thing open. Anyway, as I sat on my porcelain throne, there came a knocking at the door. Someone's in here. Wait a minute! Let me in. I need to come inside. Go away! I was terrified by that point. The hammering and yelling was so loud, and yet nobody had come to investigate it. Eventually my teacher came to find me, angry because I had been gone almost half an hour. When I refused to open the door to let her in, she got a spare key from the receptionist, and then took me to the headmaster's office and called my parents. I was suspended for the rest of the week. I never told anyone what happened. Am I the first one you've told this to, then? Actually, yes. But that's not the end of it. This wasn't the only time it happened. Go on. It was a few weeks before my next encounter with this phenomenon. I had just celebrated my seventh birthday, and my family were having a barbecue in my honour. It was a gloriously sunny day, but as soon as we'd set everything up in the allotments behind our house, the coal refused to light. My dad asked me to go and get some fire starters from the shed in the front garden. It was pretty cramped inside, and I wouldn't fit all the way, so I just opened it up, stood on tiptoes to reach the shelf holding my objective, then shut the door. As I turned away, a frantic knocking hit the other side of the door. Open up! I need to get through! I said nothing, and hurried away. I had no idea what was happening, but it frightened me. As I walked away, there came a final thump, like a fist being slammed against wood. You little bastard! I'll rip your fucking teeth out! Let. Me. Through! I ran back to my party and spent the rest of the day glancing over my shoulder. I take it, then, that this wasn't the last time it happened? Yeah, you guessed it. There were a lot of these voices. At least thirty in total. Every month or so I used to get them, pleading to be let through doors. Almost always it would be immediately after I shut the door behind me, as though these strange entities had been following me. I never told anyone, but to be honest, I kind of just got used to it. That seems like a difficult thing to get used to. It's true. It always made me jump, I'll tell you, and some of the voices would make me feel uneasy, but I knew that I was safe so long as I did not open the door. Some of the voices I got used to, to the extent that I even named them. For instance, there was one which always used to appear at my front door at home. We had frosted glass, and I could see a silhouette of an average-sized man wearing a cap of some kind. He never spoke, but occasionally would push envelopes containing blank pieces of paper through the letterbox. I called him the postman. He was 
one of the more unsettling ones. If I tried to speak to him, he would look up sharply, then begin knocking. I generally left the postman alone. Did you keep those things? I tried to, but there was nothing remarkable about them. I think they'd end up misplaced or lost or mixed in with other envelopes. There was nothing distinguishing about them. Just paper. Alright, so these apparitions, they've persisted since then? Occasionally, but it seemed like it was happening less and less often. And how long has it happened for? Twenty years. I see. Has this impacted your social life at all? No, actually. I try to maintain as much normalcy as possible. I have plenty of friends, and an on-and-off relationship with a girl I met last year. Not bad for a guy who wakes up in the middle of the night and listens intently to noises you can't hear on the other side of the door. <laughs> yeah, my buddies think I'm strange and kooky, but they put up with it. They're all great. Have you ever tried talking to the voices? Asking them questions? I've thought about it, yeah, but I don't know. It scares me. I want to know who they are and what they want, but I don't know if they'll even give me an answer. And no one else hears this? Well, it never happened when anyone else was around, or at least it didn't used to. I take it something has changed. Yeah. Yeah. You see, things have started to get strange. Well, stranger than usual, I suppose. Three weeks ago, I awoke, sweating and crying, though I don't know why. My dream had been, from what I recall, fairly normal, when a huge shadow had abruptly fallen over everything. Literally the second I opened my eyes, there came the knocking at my bedroom door. Who goes there? God, that sounded stupid. Please, help us. It was the sadistic, angry voice that I remember from my father's shed on my seventh birthday, but it seemed genuinely sincere. There was a pained tone to it, too like he was wounded. I actually found myself pulling back the sheets to get up, but I hesitated. I had never before been tempted to open the door. I suppose, as a child, I had so rigorously drummed into my head the idea that whatever lay beyond was evil, that it was just common sense. To be quite honest, I came very close to letting the thing into my room that morning. I held out in the end. But you don't know what'll happen if you let it in. Yes. And it got worse. Just two days later, I was in my local corner shop. I'd just paid for some milk and a newspaper when a great force slammed against the shop door. Simultaneously, a voice began screaming along keening squeal of pain. I whirled to face the door, but there were so many flyers plastered over the glass that I could only just make out the shape of a woman on the other side, slapping her palms against the window. No one else noticed? No, apparently. 
The guy behind the counter looked at me like I was crazy. I could see the door vibrating with each hit she made, but he acted like nothing was happening. In the end, I asked if he had a bathroom I could use, murmured some half-thought-out excuse, and hid there for ten minutes until the screaming stopped. It was the first time anyone else was really present when it happened. Was that the last time it happened? No. There's been four more incidents between then and now, and the voices always seem more panicked and tearful than I remember, begging me to let them through. The postman stopped by yesterday, too. He knocked politely before sliding his usual letter through the letterbox. Then another. Then another. A total of ten plain brown envelopes. The postman waited for a few minutes, knocking occasionally, and then he left me alone. Did you keep these? I did, this time. I actually have them with me. May I see them? You said the first ones you got were blank. They were, but these are different. It's like someone just scrawled all over them with a pen. See how it's practically torn in the middle of each? Yes, I see. What do you think it means? I'm not sure. I'd have to look more closely. Have you had any encounters since the postman? No, but only because I've stopped closing doors in my place. Every possible door, pantry, cupboard, I've opened them. My neighbours are wondering why I've left my front door open all night. It's like my home has become this strange breezeway. I don't like it. I feel exposed, but what am I supposed to do? We can't deal with the knocking anymore. I mean, what do they want? Do they even want to hurt me? They seemed fearless, even malicious, before. What could have driven them to begging and pleading? Maybe I should open the door next time. Maybe I should let them in. It's... Insane, isn't it? I wouldn't say that. You're definitely troubled, and we can find a way to get back to the heart of it. Are you sure you don't need anything? That was quite the story. Yeah. Actually, I could do with a glass of water. Not a problem. I'll be right back. No, no, don't close the door. Stop it. Stop it. Just leave me alone. Go away. Go away. Go away. That couldn't have worked. Could it? Screw this. There's alternatives to living with doors. What the hell? Hey, Doc. Doc. Your door's locked. Hello? There's a keyhole. I wonder... Wait. Where's the corridor? 
that's not where I came in. And who's that kid over there? Hey. Hey, kid. Let me out. Okay? Huh? Yeah. Over here. Could you open the door? I can't. I'm in detention. Go away. Hey. Don't turn away from me. No. Hey. It's fine, kid. Let me in, okay? I really need you to open the door. We apologize for leaving you with so many questions, but perhaps it is best we leave it that way. Some doors were never meant to be opened, so be wary next time you hear a knock. Be well, my dear friends, and until next we convene, pleasant dreams. <laughs> Midnight Marinera is a bi-monthly podcast written, produced, directed, and mixed by David King. This episode features the voice talents of Jason Cates Cheverst, Emma Goddard, Sam Rusk, and Joe Rusk. Knocking is based on the original short story by Stephen Shorter. You can find him in his work at creepypasta.wikia as Mr. Astrobleem, or on his Facebook page at facebook.com slash thestrangerinthefog. Comments? Suggestions? Inane drivel? Believe it or not, we do dig through a lot of it. This is the internet after all feel free to leave feedback wherever you listen to this or email us at midnightmarinera at gmail.com thanks for listening